But now after studying it for a few years, I'm like, oh, I'm actually able to see how all these different aspects of it are, are interplaying in this one personality. I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals. This is episode 25 and today we're learning about the Enneagram and I know it fascinates a lot of us and if you listen to the past episodes, Enneagram has been recommended by a lot of the previous guests which was one of the reasons why I decided to take the test Um, but I have to say I have never trusted self-administered personality tests. I prefer other forms of self-exploration Even when I was studying psychology in college and went through one test after another as part of the curriculum, I found the results to be unreliable, but Enneagram, turns out, is different. How it's different, you're going to find out as you listen to today's conversation with Steph Barrenhall, who is a certified Enneagram professional. She's created a massive community dedicated to learning about the Enneagram. She's also the author behind the book, The Enneagram in Love, a roadmap for building and strengthening romantic relationships. Steph uses her knowledge and learning to help people figure out their type, add to their self-awareness, and use all of that to create and sustain positive change. During the episode, she shares everything you need to know about Enneagram and get started on a journey of self-exploration. And she was able to take all of my concerns about online tests personality test and she was able to address them in a very reassuring way and she also shared what we can do to avoid the usual pitfalls that accompany any self-administered assessment. Basically this episode is a great starting point for you if you have yet to discover your Enneagram type and all the learnings it offers. We learn where and how to get started with it, how to understand and implement the results to create change, how it can help you create better relationships personal and professional, foster a healthy environment at home and work. And Steph also talked about all the resources that she has created to help you. Most of these are free resources. And once you're ready to get advice that's tailored for you specifically, you can dive into the paid resources as well. Another thing I'll say before we get to the interview part is that if you've never invested much time in cultivating self-awareness, all the other self-awareness tools have come across as boring or tedious. Enneagram may be the solution to your problems. The test is interesting, it definitely compels self-examination, and the results are super fun to read. Some parts of it will be so familiar that you'll feel instantly understood, and some of it may anger you, and I'm sure you'll be thinking of instances that explain away those parts or help you deny them, and then there will be the bits that scare you just in case they're true, and I think those are the parts that will keep you hooked. So basically the test in itself and the results that follow, they're both, once you get started with it, will interest you greatly, and you start off on your journey of self-exploration and growth on a pretty fun note. So let's dive into this interview and find out what the Enneagram is all about with Steph Barrenhall. So, uh, thank you so much for making time, because I have been looking forward, eagerly looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> Because Enneagram, I think it's like it's the trending topic for anyone who is all about self-exploration and learning about uh, whatever can help them with emotional management. So I think Enneagram is something. In fact, we had a we had a podcast episode where we had a therapist on 
the mm-hmm. show and they talked about what are some of the resources that can help us. I think um, we had a couple of therapists on the show who talked about Enneagram and who pointed out that this is one of the tools, in fact, that can help you not just cultivate self-awareness, but give you like pointers, even as you explore this area, how to work on yourself and how to get to the next level, so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, this has been like, I've been looking forward to this, but I'm a little apprehensive about uh, online resources when it comes to, I would much rather do it with a professional like yourself sure. than do it on my own. But I thought, you know what, for the benefit of this episode, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, Seth, I hope uh, we help the audience learn a little because I think there is something here to explore. And I'm sure yeah. you agree with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the Enneagram, it is really interesting. And like you said, I know a lot of people are really interested in it right now because of the way that I think it really gets to something deep inside us that a lot of the time I think we're not aware of or like we're aware of, but we don't have words for it. And so the Enneagram really differs from a lot of other personality assessments because it's motivation based. So it's really about, the core motivation of the individuals, um, not so much about like your behavior. So that's probably the most important thing for people to know, especially with online tests. I find that they're often pretty good at, you know, understanding your behavior, but understanding your core motivation is more challenging. And so sometimes people end up with like a lot of results that almost look the same and it's very confusing to figure out, um, so yeah, that's that's the main thing to note. Um, so the Enneagram actually stands for basically nine drawing. So Ennea is nine and then drawing um, Scram. And so when we say the Enneagram, what we're actually talking about is that symbol, that um, geometric symbol. And there are the nine points and these represent nine archetypes um, of different personalities. So like I said, it's it's really about the nine different core motivations, which I'm happy to go through if you want to hear more about them. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, I I just recently uh, took a test and I, I know I shared the result with you. Now, the thing is, what I noticed was the questions, they're very feeling-based. Like, how do you feel? They're, they're very feeling-based. Now, this is the problem I have with uh, tests like that. What happens is this, when you base it so much on how I feel or on my daily interactions, it it sort of depends on my level of self-awareness. That's that's how I feel, I think. So if I'm not a very self-aware person, my answers would obviously be influenced by however much I notice my behavior, however much I correctly notice my behavior, which would influence the result. So that's something I wanted to ask you. Do you you think Enneagram does a fair job of taking care of bias of that nature? Well, the Enneagram, sure. But like I said, the... the online tests can be challenging. So I don't, the Enneagram isn't an online test. That's not what the Enneagram is. It is um, a personality development tool. So it's really important to make that distinction because I think people are like, oh, well, I took an Enneagram test and it was this and then it was that. But like you said, like it really does depend on how well you're able to observe yourself and recognize those things. And so that's the real challenge. And in my opinion, I think online tests are fine. Like if you're if you're looking at it and then you're you're curious and you want to learn more, right? Um, but the key for me is to then take that information, take the te- the types that the test guided you toward, and then do something with it. And like go and research, go and read, go and try and understand yourself, reflect on yourself a little bit more. Um, that's really the key. 
Okay, that makes sense. Let's broadly cover the categories because I want to understand how comprehensive this test is. And if you personally, because I know how extensively you worked with the with Enneagram, I want to get your opinion on if you think it's comprehensive enough for someone to dive into and actually get something something tangible enough to build a life on. I, I do. I think it's helpful um, to get curious about yourself, helpful as a tool of self-observation, helpful for growth. Um, and really, like not to get too far into this, but there actually are a lot more than nine types, but they're kind of encompassed within the nine types that we talk about. So um, yeah, just looking at the, those motivations and, and everything is, is a helpful like first layer. And then to go deeper, I think is really necessary. So, so that's like the next step. Okay. Okay. Can we broadly talk about the nine types? Yeah. Um, so the nine different types are, um, like I said, oriented around the core motivations. So the core motivation of type one, well, first I'll say that one of the first ways to look at the Enneagram is through what we call intelligence center. So we have the gut types, which are eight, nine, and one, and they have a really close relationship with anger and control and structure. They might not all experience themselves as angry, that's like kind of their main emotional experience. Um, right. And then we have the heart types, which are two, three, and four. And they have a relationship with like sadness. A lot of the time, like certain teachers might call it shame. Um, but I kind of am in this other camp where with teachers who say underneath the shame is a sadness that we're protecting, right? So, um, and they kind of have this relationship with identity as well. And so those are the heart types, two, three, and four. And then the head types are five, six, and seven. And so these types have a relationship with fear. Um, sometimes it's termed as anxiety, uh, but really it's about like trying to calm their inner fear. And they really are focused on kind of safety, security, and, and strategy is really um, the focus for those three types. So Let's go ahead and start with the gut types then. So type eight. Eights are motivated by this need to almost to be against. So it's not necessarily even like to be contrarian, but it's really like they want to, um, they want to find the deeper truth. So they kind of like their first instinct is to push back and they are really comfortable with anger. So, um, a lot of the times with H, you'll see like a flash of anger and then it's over. Um, and, and sometimes people think that they're bossy. I don't think that's true. I just think that they don't want other people to control them. So they have a tough exterior. Okay. Nines. Yeah. So, and the nines are motivated by this need to um, be at peace internally and externally. And so the way that they do that is often by kind of forgetting themselves um, or, you know, ha like finding space for themselves to be comfortable um, and keeping the outside world out and the inside world in so that they can really find that comfort and peace. And they kind of don't show their anger. A lot of times they don't even realize that they're angry. <laughs> Instead, um, they're a little passive aggressive um, more often. Then we have ones who are motivated by a need to be good and right. And this is really about moral good and integrity. And again, like for all of these, we all like want to protect ourselves. We all want peace. We all want to be, to have integrity. But what I'm saying is that this is like the driving underlying motivation. So for ones, they kind of repress their anger because it's not appropriate. So they're always focused on being the most appropriate um, and the most kind of perfect in a sense. And so they'll kind of like quiet their anger or repress it. And, and they don't, they kind of turn it almost into warmth so that they don't have to like show 
that they're angry. So that's the gut triad. The heart triad is two, three, and four. So type twos motivated by this need to be like loved and lovable. So they want, they kind of have this image, a self-image of being a lovable person. Okay. And they kind of do that and they get that love by helping others. And twos can be very warm and relational and altruistic, and they can also sometimes give to get. So they kind of have that um, tendency to look for something in return. Threes are motivated by the need to find their worth and their value and their productivity. So they kind of have like an external self um, that really shapeshifts in every room they go into and they, they are who they need to be in that room. And then that's how they become productive. That's how they become successful. Fours are really motivated to find their true heart and to really find themselves. So they're kind of on this deep inner quest to find their true identity through introspection, self-exploration, self-discovery. I find that fours are actually often really, really into the Enneagram because there's there's so much depth there and they really, really love that. Um, and they're really looking to feel understood in a different sort of way. And I think the Enneagram can offer that. And then finally, our head types. Um, so type fives are motivated to f- be competent and self-sufficient. And one of the ways that they do that is by um, they research and they find knowledge. And sometimes they they actually are looking to calm themselves and to not feel their fear nice. by researching and and like exploring and getting as much knowledge as they possibly can. Sixes, there are a couple different types of sixes. Sixes are actually probably one of the hardest types to describe, but um, sixes are motivated to find security and safety. And some sixes cope with their fear by planning things out, making sure everything is like perfectly thought out. And, you know, they have plans A through Z, not just A A through B, I guess. Um, And they've they've always got those extra plans and and are really troubleshooting things. And some sixes kind of do that more internally almost and and like move away from fear. Um, And other sixes actually do the opposite where if something scares them, they'll go out and conquer it. Um, so they, if they're afraid of heights, for example, they might go skydiving. Um, so they really kind of have that tendency to like move toward their fear as a way to calm it and, and feel safe. And then sevens finally are really motivated to be free and to find every opportunity in the world. So they kind of escape fear by running into the future and escaping to opportunity as a way to avoid really sitting in, in their feelings that they might feel in the present. Um, so they're really interested in finding things that are fun and pleasurable and and chasing down all of life's experiences. Okay. So now I get what you meant when you said this is a tool that's motivation-based. I get that now. And if you're talking to a beginner, mm-hmm. how do they start? Like they've taken an assessment. They have a fair idea of what the Enneagram type is. I would say look at those top three types and learn a little bit more about them. So I know certain tests, they give you more info on your top result and not on the other results. So I would say start with looking at those top three types and just learning. So you can do that by reading online, like the Enneagram Institute website is a great resource. They have a lot of information. I mean, there are a bunch of websites, like you can just search Enneagram and there are some really reputable sources or books. So I love, I think books are a great way to to dive into the Enneagram um, and just read and get to know things. I, I don't really recommend like looking on Instagram so much just because 
it's hard to know what, what's good and what's not. And it's hard to know what's meant to help you type yourself and what's meant to just be descriptive. Um, but yes, I definitely recommend doing a little bit more research and then just start noticing yourself. So just start to notice like when you do something, what happened and why, and when something upsets you, like why, like what was it threatening in you when you find yourself getting defensive, what's underneath that? What, what are you protecting? Um, so just start getting curious about yourself. And then once that's all, you know, done, um, and, and you're kind of through that process and you've gotten into the rhythm of, and I shouldn't say done because it is like a lifelong, like, oh, what is it about this that that happened, you know? But once you've gotten in the hang of that, like the hang of the the self-observation and everything, I recommend finding interviews. Like there are some podcasts that have long form interviews or panels with the different types. So maybe narrow it down to two or three and then listen to those and just listen to see like, cause what you'll start to find is like, oh my gosh, like that sounds like my brain right there, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> when you hear somebody else describe it and you won't necessarily resonate with every single thing about your type. I think that's an expectation people have sometimes. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think that you can start to understand yourself and uncover like, Oh, what is, you know, cultural, what is like my family environment? What is this? What is that? Um, and then after a while, you'll be able to, to kind of understand it. Okay. That makes sense. When I took the assessment it, again, it, it felt like it felt very dependent on how self-aware I am mm -hmm. I like to think I'm fairly okay with that because it's something I actively work on but not everybody does that so what would you recommend because your blog you have a like you have a lot of resources on your blog you have even downloads that people can uh, get and then explore their own type through that but what is your like primary go-to I would recommend people get in touch with you and I know they can book sessions with you yeah but what otherwise you would recommend for people, how they can get to know their type, what assess, form of assessment? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this assessment is fine. And this is the one that you'll find also on my Instagram um, if, you, okay. if you go there. <laughs> right. um, and I actually, you know, I've been able to talk with this organization and um, just a little bit about their background and stuff. And so I, th I think that it's a good assessment, especially because it's free. I think the best assessment is probably the um, what's called the IEQ nine, but it's sixty dollars, and so a lot of folks don't want to pay sixty dollars, which I totally get. I totally understand it. Um, so sometimes going this route is a little bit better for most people. Um, the way that I found my type is not what I recommend, you know. So um, my sister was like, "Oh, you have to take this test," and I was like, "Okay, fine." And I took it and I was like, oh, it says I'm this type. And it actually was correct. But it was just like a random like online free test, you know, and I don't recommend that anymore. So I think taking a test is fine as long as you hold the results loosely. Um, All right. So that's that's like kind of the main thing. But people can get in touch with you if uh, you can help them through this process. Yeah. Yeah. So I do typing sessions um, in which I basically talk through the types. Um, a lot of people come in. To be honest, I actually recommend exhausting all the free resources first for most people, mostly because I just, I don't want to take somebody's money if they're like, if they haven't looked into it yet. Like I'm like, you like exhaust the free resources. Like there are plenty of free resources available. If you still can't figure it out, let me know and I'll help. Um, 
But basically, I go through the types that they kind of are stuck between, and we talk about the different nuances of those types and kind of why they might be having a hard time. And then we explore that a bit. And then after that, we just, um, you know, I, I send them off with a couple of assignments, and then they come back to me in a couple of weeks, and we have another quick chat to to see how things are feeling. Um, and and really, the emphasis is on that person finding their type not on me telling them what their type is because it's important for me, for my client to feel confident in their understanding of themselves. You don't feel like there could be some bias there, no? Well, I think that's part of the self-discovery process. Like I think that that growing and that self-awareness and the self-discovery, to be honest, that's one of the things about the test. Like what you're saying is like, if you aren't very self-aware, it's not actually going to matter if you find your Enneagram type or not. Because if you don't... like if you're not willing to go there, then you can't actually use it as a tool for growth. So you have to be willing to understand yourself, to look into yourself. And I find that actually most of my clients are very motivated for that. So they're really motivated to to grow and to understand themselves. That's actually fascinating. Then you're, you have a core motivation. Obviously, we all share every motivation to a certain degree, but we all have like a core motivation which is, I think, what is like the focal point of Enneagram, if I'm not getting it wrong. Uh, But then if we are like, obviously, we're all growing every day, we all change a little bit every day. Would the core motivation change? What have you noticed with your clients? No, so actually, the Enneagram theory, um, overall, is that core motivation doesn't change. So you are the same type throughout your entire life, it doesn't change. Um, And so once you find your type, you can start to see like, kind of how it showed up in childhood and how it, you know, um, is showing up now and how it's shown up in these different times in your life. So the goal is not to change your type, but to become just a healthier version of you that you don't need the personality structure as much. And you're kind of like more free and integrated and balanced. So it's really, you know, the focus is not so much on, on that shifting. And that's why it's about motivation because yes, our, our behavior does change. But at our core, we all have like something that's like kind of driving us. Um, And so that's kind of why the focus is that motivation. And it's consistent. It's not like you are a different type at work versus at home. Your behavior might be different at at work versus at home, but there and there might be reasons why you behave differently. But that doesn't mean that your motivation is different. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Now, going back a little to what you said about how you found your own Enneagram. So this was like a, like for you Mm. also, it was something that you were referred to that you were shared, somebody shared that with you. How did you get started on the whole journey? Because that sounds like a fascinating story. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I've always loved human personality. I, I studied psychology in my undergrad. And so I was really interested in basically anything. And at the time I was, I was using a different motivation based personality system at work. So I was doing that and, and using it on our management team and with my um, my team and everything. And my husband was like, oh, since you love that so much, you, you should check out the Enneagram. I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I don't, I don't want to look into it. So then a few months later, my sister was like, hey, you should really look into the Enneagram. And I was like, oh, fine. You know, <laughs> so then I, I went on because she, she had a hunch of what, what type I was. Um, so I went on and, and looked at what it was. And I took this test and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. So it said, oh, you're type three. So that's, and at the time, of course, being a type three, it said, you're the achiever. And I was like, yes, I won, you know, (laughs) but very quickly 
I started learning more and I started realizing like, oh my gosh, like this is showing me things about myself that I do not like. Like I don't like these things, which is one of the ways that you know that you found the right type because there's probably a lot of it that makes you feel like, oh, I don't, I'm not a fan. So that's the first thing um, is that I just got really into it. And I started just researching it, diving deep into it for like a few years. Um, and then people started asking me to come and teach them to come and teach our groups or our um, teams or whatever. So I did. And then people started asking, okay, well, what's your certification? So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll get some sort of certification. So I did an online certification. And then I was like, I would love to use this at work. So I went back and got a master's degree in organizational communication um, and leadership. So, um, and my master's program was perfect for the Enneagram for, for this type of work, actually, because the emphasis was on leadership and on personal development, both of things which I'm like fascinated by. So, so that's kind of how I got to this place. I started my Instagram because I sold coffee mugs for each of the types. Um, but this is like, I was just interested in the Enneagram at the time. And I was like, I'm going to hire a designer and I'm going to sell mugs. And so I did it. And, uh, then a little while after is when I actually started teaching and doing all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been kind of a winding road, but I really started posting in earnest about the Enneagram January 2019. So just two years ago. Um, and since then, I've, I've learned a lot. Like it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool journey. Yeah, it's been a journey. And I think your Enneagram type is like, it's on point. You are an achiever. <laughs> and, and- <laughs> What you said about like when you started reading the result, the instant reaction was, don't, this just sounds wrong. <laughs> and that's the instant reaction that I had when I took this test and I got, because I read, like I had this, obviously there were multiple tabs open with Enneagram resources. Right. And uh, I noticed like this uh, four was in the, as you said, it's about shame. There was also envy there. I remember like seeing on one of the images and I'm like, that is the one thing I've never felt in my life. Like envy has just not been a, any drive, like not a strong emotion in my life ever. But then I'm also someone who believes how strongly your subconscious influences your actions. Again, I've also studied psychology as an undergrad and you learn just how little you actually know about what's going on. So I'm like, maybe, maybe it is there. Maybe there is envy, maybe in just in a way that's not, you know, that's, that I am not able to see. And then I started reading the results and the negative portions of the results, I'm like, it's there, maybe not exactly in its ugliest form, but it's there, It's this is on point. So maybe some, somebody else takes the test, takes the assessment and feels like that, maybe you're on the right track. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it is interesting. So the thing about envy, so what that is, is actually what we call the passions. So there are it's basically kind of taken like the seven deadly sins from the Christian tradition and then added two. So the two that are added are deceit. And for some reason I'm blanking on the other one that was added. Maybe it's anger. I can't remember right now. Um, I don't, because I don't actually know what the seven deadly sins are, (laughs) but anyway, I know what the nine passions are. So basically that's like kind of a driving force that keeps us in our personality. And so there are labels for them. But what envy actually means is um, the belief that there is something in somebody else's life that you are missing that makes it where you can't be as happy as they are 
or makes it maybe even where you're better than they are because so it's that constant comparison that's what the envy is actually referring to um and so like when you start to look at it at that level it's like oh my gosh <laughs> I mean, it, it can be hard. I think when I first learned the Enneagram, I grabbed a couple books and I was like, this is actually way over my head. But now after studying it for a few years, I'm like, oh, I'm actually able to see how all these different aspects of it are, are interplaying in this one personality. That's interesting. And I think I hope the listeners make note of it because what I'm getting right now is that if you're going to dive into it, like go deep, I think, because if you're only going to stay on the surface, I don't think you're going to get as much out of it. And I think there will always be a tendency in all of us to dismiss what we don't want to hear. That's, you know, that's how we are in life. So if you're going to dive into it, dive deep. And I think it would be ideal if somebody, if they can afford to have someone guide them through it, I think that would be awesome. Um, and now for the, the more important question that I had was if like I have a result, how do we apply, start applying this to our relationships, to our careers? Can you like, Explain that with an example. Yeah, I think the the most important thing to do first is to notice that like your core motivation is yours and other people have their own. And so one thing that we often do is we'll, we'll look at somebody's behavior and we'll be like, okay, well, I know that when I'm angry, I get silent and that person's getting silent, so they must be angry. So I'm then assigning my motivation to their behavior. But once we learn the Enneagram, we're able to say, oh, they might have a different, we're able to just like open that up and be curious about it instead of making a judgment. And so I can say, okay, they're silent. I wonder what's going on. Like maybe they're sick. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they are angry. Maybe they, maybe nothing's happening and they, they're just a quiet person. Like, so allowing there to be more curiosity, more co communication around that. That's, that's like the very first thing. And then the other thing is just to start to realize like other people's behavior is driven by their motivation. So something I see a lot is, you know, for example, you have a three and a five walk into a meeting and the three gets frustrated because the five is asking like a bazillion questions because they need to understand the plan. They need to think through it. They need to process it. It's, it's a whole thing, right? But the three is like, let's just move forward. Let's just get moving. Um, and so then once they learn the Enneagram, though, they can go into that meeting and think, okay, th they're not challenging me. They're not questioning my authority. They're not competing. This person as a five is actually just needing more information. So I'm going to do my very best to give them as much information as possible. And then the five can look at the three and be like, oh, I, they're not trying to like, just make me anxious by not giving me information. Three is just care about the bottom line only. So they're not really looking for all the details. They want the bottom line first. So kind of building more understanding and awareness around that can be really helpful for, for teams and relationships. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you could actually go on a sort of go on to learn Enneagram type of your parents, your spouse, your sibling, and may, hopefully you can have like better communication there. This is uh, this could be very helpful, and I think similarly it would help in their careers as well. I think for do you think do you have you ever had a client who's chosen a career based on the enneagram side? Um, so no, I, I don't really recommend that. Only because a lot of the time, what we're interested in and what we're good at is not necessarily like connected to motivation, right? So um, so that's more behavioral. It's more like external. So I've known people who are 
threes or fives who are scientists, right? Like it doesn't actually matter or um, people who are sevens who are scientists. Um, so like anyone can be good at any job. And I find that sometimes um, when people want to use the Enneagram to find compatibility with a partner or they want to use the Enneagram to find the right um, job for them, they're actually kind of outsourcing some of their power in a sense, because we all have our own personal power, our own intelligence, our own intuition, that if we get in tune with it, we can understand what we need. But sometimes we use this external tool and and kind of adopt it to guide us instead of actually listening to what we actually care about, what we're passionate about. Okay. So if your Enneagram is telling you something that doesn't speak to who you are or that doesn't speak to where your inclinations lie, then you are, you can, can you disregard it? Or do you like change how you uh, sort of embrace it? Mm. Well, what I'm really saying is that um, like your Enneagram type isn't going to tell you if you should be a doctor or a lawyer. It's more trying to tell you what the path of, of personal and spiritual growth is for you. And I mean spiritual in the broad sense. I don't mean spiritual like in any sort of religious sense, but more in like the broad sense of like who you are as a person. Um, so it's really giving you that path. And everything else is, you know, it can be informed by your Enneagram type for sure. And how you approach it might be informed by your Enneagram type, but your preferences, your your loves, your passions, those things aren't necessarily going to be connected to your type. So I don't think it's, really helpful to say, okay, what are the best jobs for an Enneagram for, for example, but maybe your, your type can tell you something instructive about what type of work you might find meaningful. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So like, just as an example of that really quick, um, like I've known fours who are accountants and I've known fours who are artists and I've known fours who love the structure of, a you know, nine to five job. And I've known fours who can't stand that and want to be an entrepreneur. But I think there's something in each of their, in each of those situations that connects to their personal search for meaning. And so they're able to fuel whatever job or career thing that they'll thrive in through their type. Okay. I'm beginning to get a little clarity here. So as you explore your type, you have to personalize it because while the, whatever is suggested would be you know, could be generalized to everyone who falls in that category. So then you have to personalize it. So if mm -hmm. someone were to embark on this journey, like use it to enhance their life, are there any tools you suggest in accompaniment to Enneagram? Like anything that can help you really get tangible results out of it? Yes, a journal. Oh, on point, so on point. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a journal. Like I, okay, and so there's this other thing that we, we don't have time to go into today. I actually have a full course on it, but it's called um, yeah. stances, which is basically there are types that are like more aggressive and future oriented. There are types that are more past oriented and withdrawn. So a lot of the time what we find is that certain types hate journaling. Um, but I still, and I'm one of those types. Okay. Like I, I don't like journaling, <laughs> but oh, okay. really, really, really helpful. And after everyone telling me that and everything, I finally just sat down and did it. And I, it's just, it's life-changing, honestly. Like, like journaling is extremely important. So if you don't like journaling, set a timer for five minutes. I have journal prompts on my website that you can grab. Um, use a prompt, set a timer, sit down, 
try journaling for five or 10 minutes to begin. And maybe over time you'll enjoy it or you'll find more freedom in it. Um, but it just helps you to get curious. It helps you to understand yourself and, and look inside in a different way. So I think that's super right. important. Okay. I don't want to overwhelm anyone with the information. So let me just do a quick recap. So what we do is we begin by exhausting the free resources online, grab a free assessment if we, we want to and get like a fair idea of what type we are and explore that in depth, learn as much as we can about it and take up journaling so that we can actually expand on our self-awareness as well as we go through the process personalize the results we come across personalize the results that be the the analysis of each type and then dig into it learn our motivations maybe bring that into our lives by applying it to our relationships or careers how we are handling things and then is that is that like is that a good enough uh place to start with yep that's great. And um, everyone can go, I, I'll send you a link so that you can put it, um, you can link it up for everyone. But um, I have a self-typing guide that's totally free and and it walks you through those steps as well. So just to try to help you understand it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. This is I've actually gone through that guide and it is pretty comprehensive. I think it should be helpful. And you have a course as well. I, I know about that course. It's just, mm-hmm. Can you also share what that course is about, how it can help people? So I have one course existing. It's called From Frustrated to Flourishing. And it basically helps you take the information. So once you know your type, it's it tells you what to do with it. So a lot of people find frustration around seeing the same patterns popping up over and over or um, not knowing what to do with their type next. So this course basically just helps with that. It gives you a lot of growth practices and some more teaching and education around your type specifically. Um, it's a really short course. So it's like it probably take you less than a day to do it if you you do it in all one setting. But it has like a workbook that you can keep coming back to over and over again, um, as well as just different um, kind of journal prompts and things like that. And then I have a new course coming out soon. So later this spring that is called Type Path. So it basically lays out the growth path for your specific type. So you'll get an overview of the Enneagram and then you'll get really in detail uh, modules on each aspect of your specific type only. And then, I mean, you can buy all types if you'd like to, but the idea is that you will, you know, dive deep on your type. And then um, we'll together during the course, we'll create basically a growth action plan. So what do you need to do to build consistent habits for your own personal growth? And it has a ton of resources in it that you can keep coming back to and over and over again. So maybe you do your growth action plan for six weeks, eight weeks, and then you need a little change. You have tons of resources available to update it, to change it, to make it work for you. Um, So yeah, just going through that whole process of like learning about yourself and your type and then moving forward with it. Okay. Do you have to be somewhere on this journey or can you be a complete beginner for either of those two courses? Um, For the the frustrated to flourishing course, all you need to know is your type. Um, For the growth path course, you don't even have to know your type. Um, Obviously, you are probably going to buy a specific one, but um, it's going to be set up in a way that you can look at, watch the first module and then buy the the type that you think you are after that first module. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that's an option where you can do the first module and then buy the type. Yep. Okay, perfect. That makes, that's actually very helpful. And I know that you recommended like a ton of resources already, but if someone were starting on this journey and I know your website, I would recommend your website because you also have like 
what books to read tab on your website. Mm-hmm. But if someone were to start with maybe a couple of resources so that they're not overwhelmed, uh, any podcast, book, what would you recommend? Yeah, um, you can check out my podcast, which is called Ask an Enneagram Coach. And I go through the types in more detail and I answer a lot of questions that people have, like a lot of common questions. Um, well, one of my favorite books is called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. It's kind of a thicker book, but I really like it. Um, a friend of mine also wrote a book called The Enneagram and You. And I think that's a great resource as well. Okay, I'll share all of these links. But if there's anything else you want to share with the listeners, you think they need to know at this stage for an Enneagram beginner? Hmm. I would just say be patient with the process. Okay. It's okay if it takes time. Yeah. Because I think anyways, it's going to take time because there's so much information. So is it like an option for people to DM you? Yeah, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, I don't really answer like specific questions, um, but I can send back resources. Perfect. That that helps. Uh, There's one question that I ask all my guests. What would you recommend? Like if you could only give people one tip, what would that one tip be to help them create a better life? Practice self-acceptance and self-compassion so that was our enneagram expert steph baron hall and i'm so grateful to have had her on the show if you want the list of resources mentioned in this episode you can get it on my website redefinenarrative.com search for the podcast episode and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore and if you want to get in touch with our guest the page will have all their relevant information now if you found today's episode useful please rate and review the show on itunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krapi so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or use the contact page on my website. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.